five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA, searching the world for marketing news every day. Let's get over to the news. We got, I got a really fantastic article, one of the best of the month, I would say at least. Um, and uh, but before we do, we want to touch on a uh, TikTok video my son sent me and uh, crucial information for the designers out there. So let's let's try this one. <laughs> Here we go. Perfect for the 4th of July. Font Check this choice out. Here's the Declaration of Independence in its original font. It would not be nearly as effective in Comic Sans. That would suck. <laughs> and check it out in curls. That's a, who the hell is that going We would not have the United States if they had a curl font. And I put it in wingdings just because I'm a nerd. Here's the other thing. Watch this. This is how important font choice is. Here's look. If I send this message to Timon, you will always be mine. Just plain, plain, plain font. Look what happens if I put it in the miss you font. All of a sudden, you will always be mine. Even throws a little hearts on there. Same message. Just the font. You will always be mine. And then check it out in something called something straight. You will always be mine. No one else will have you. You will always be mine. Here, here's my message. Pick your font carefully. Okay, so font choice matters, and I have always believed that. So now you know for sure. Uh, and, you, you know, it amazes me what people can do uh, comic routines with. Fonts? Who would have ever thought? Anyway, but I thought it was appropriate, and you will not find it anywhere else. More than likely, right? More than likely. Okay, so let's now let's get over to the PDF world. And um, Horizon detects inflation area consumer segments. It defy, and I'm not exactly sure what Horizon is. Okay, I I went to their website. There wasn't a real explanation, but apparently. I thought it was Verizon, and I thought, well, why would Verizon care? And <laughs> it's not. It's Verizon. And apparently there's some kind of consumer research group, okay? And they claim that there's three economic mindsets um, that uh, – and they referenced uh, – this, this is from Media Daily News, right? But um, they Media Daily News is, is, is referencing a – report that I also will uplate, uh, upload, Inflation Nation, the status of the American dream and how brands can help. And uh, they make that available free for just giving them your all your information, right? And they said that basically there's a wallet lockdown. And so they decided they would try to figure out, do people have a clear understanding of what inflation is and what's causing it? What are the effects and um, what brands can do to build loyalty? So that was kind of their mission, and like I said, that will be available on the WDMA.org website. All you have to do is subscribe. It's free. Give us your information, and you can get it. You don't have to give it to Horizon Media Inflation Nation, <laughs> whatever. Anyway, so they said, um, we're not going out as much as, as we used to, but we may not be cutting back on in-home entertainment because we're stuck at home. They're a little bit reminiscent. They said it's... It's the it's a, a financial mindset that hasn't been as prevalent since the Great Depression. I, I, it's hard to say, 
But I know that one thing about the Great Depression was that the movies were extremely popular and extremely successful. Now, it was a new thing, but it also was an escape from the, uh, the sort of the humdrum ugh, of the uh, 30s. Also, many, uh, many movie theaters were the very first buildings that offered air conditioning, and so people would go in there because the 30s were the highest, hottest temperatures on record. If you don't believe me, check out the hottest day in Wisconsin history. I think it was 113 degrees. It was at Wisconsin Dells, interestingly, so not a heat island. And uh, it was in 1933, I think, but in there somewhere, it's 36. Um, can you imagine the headlines today if it was 113 degrees? You know, we get headlines for it hitting 85 and being humid. But it says, oh, this is the hottest summer I can remember. Uh, yeah, okay. Anyway, so um, so movies were popular in the 30s. Um, uh, so here's some quotes. This one is from Y Group, which I think is a, like, Y Group? Uh, W-H-Y. Senior Vice President, Cultural Intelligence, Maxine Gervich. You know, that sounds like a job looking for <laughs> looking for something to find. Um, but and and lo and behold, she found something. We identified three distinct audiences. Uh, so how and where you show up for these audiences are going to matter. They're going to change depending on their positive outlook on life, their negative outlook on life and their income. They, they identified the resilient, the vulnerable and the anxious. And I probably bounce between all three, depending on my mood. You may also. <laughs> Most of the time, yeah, we'll get through this. And then sometimes I think, gee, my savings, if the price is double, then my savings just got cut in half, which I thought might be might be marginally enough, but now it's not even now it's not even close. Um, then there's another Y group senior president of human intelligence, Steve Grant said um, that there that it's heightened the way that materially affects consumer branding a lot of long long words long sentences um, the 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 most interesting part that I thought in the article was they have not detected any major shifts in media consumption or adoption so they're they're claiming that there's a whole new mindset but that don't see any behavior changes. Uh, so that's a kind of a, that kind of makes the whole thing a little bit suspicious. Anyway, you can read the entire thing. I'll upload it on, I'll upload it on WDMA. But the thing I wanted to talk about most, always in the, in the second half, forget personalization, it's impossible, and it doesn't work. My kind of article, right? Peter Weinberg and John Lombardo from the B2B Institute, which is a LinkedIn, uh, some kind of subsidiary of LinkedIn based in London. Uh, and that's down at the very bottom of the article if you want to get all the way to there. But I moved it up to the top. I don't know why they didn't put all that in there. But anyway, what's the worst idea in marketing history? Everybody has their own in answer. It could be brand purpose. Yeah, that's right up there. And it could be short-termism. Which, which Mark Ritson talks about a lot. But for us, the answer is personalization. OK, 
Okay, so John and John and Peter think personalization. You can't go more than five seconds at a marketing conference without hearing the promise of one-to-one -one personalization. You know, I remember when uh, Rogers, Peppers and Rogers came out with the book uh, that that was was about about the one-to-one -one marketing. Uh, that wasn't the wasn't the name, but that was basically their shtick, and they became famous and speaking all over the place. And I scratched my head and realized that oftentimes the idea that people want to believe is more powerful than the ideas that are true. Uh, but anyway, in 2019, it was named the word of the year. Uh, and proponents believe, and this is the real key word here, believe that we are entering a new era in marketing where every creative message will be tailored to the specific needs of individual buyers. This extreme form of segment of, of seg of segmentation will deliver greater relevancy, which will translate into more sales for business. Now, What's interesting is, here's my book, Spinning Straw into Gold. I start my book with a story. And uh, it says, when I began consulting in the early 80s, Farm Journal Magazine was the shining paradigm, paradigm of database marketing. They understood that there were many different types of farmers, hog farmers, wheat farmers, or orange farmers. Advertisers wanted to target more specific farm interest groups. Farm Journal Magazine began by surveying and then segmenting their subscribers. They worked with their printer, R.R. Donnelly, to develop Selectronic Bindery. The direct marketing trade magazines were full of articles predicting this was a glimpse into the future. One day, very soon, every magazine and catalog would be tailored to the individual household. Junk mail would be, would be finished. Everything would be different. Reminds you of the internet folks a few years ago, doesn't it? And yet, this was in the late 70s, really, where the whole thing got going. And yet, the promise is still over the horizon today, right? So, what do Peter and John say? There's just one problem with personalization. It doesn't make any sense. And boy, do they pound on that, right? The case against personalization can be reduced to two words, couldn't and wouldn't. Couldn't, the difficulties of personalization. They point out that a lot of it in the Internet world is based on third-party data. And third-party data is mostly wrong. They said that MIT, academic study from MIT and Melbourne Business School, Researchers decided to test the accuracy of third-party marketing data. How, par how accurate is gender targeting? It's accurate 42.3% of the time. That's less than a coin toss. That's worse than a coin toss, which you'd get half the time. I, I was uh, looking up the baseball scores just yesterday, and I got an ad for Lacey Women's Underthings. Big. <laughs> right in the middle of Sports Illustrated baseball scores maybe they think I'm a woman maybe they think I shop for that but I never have in my life I can't think of why they would somehow something somewhere made them think that and every time every time Sports Illustrated tries to personalize for me they make it worse 
that their website is the worst website I go on. They just happen to have a button that says scores that only shows me what I want to see. The rest of the the rest of the entire website is garbage, in my opinion, ESPN. If you're listening, you need to give me the option of what not to look at. Forget about my preferences that you think you can guess what I might be interested in. You are terrible at that. Instead, tell me, give me the choice. I never want to see, I don't know what, women's rugby against lacrosse teams or something. I don't know. There's so many silly sports that come up in my feed. I just don't ever want to see them ever, right? And I would like to basically turn off all but about three sports, especially in their off seasons. <laughs> What's the point? You know, yes, I care deeply about the next potential top 10 drafts, <laughs> draft picks. We'll wait. We'll wait a couple of years and see how that works out. Anyway, so just age targeting. It's accurate between four and 44 percent of the time between there somewhere 20 percent really horrible okay horrifying but companies spend millions of dollars hyper targeting oh this was about b2b they spent millions of dollars hyper targeting it decision makers i see that come up now as a new slow a new buzzword hyper targeting we're going to hyper target because our lists are so good okay and what they found was that basically seven and a half percent of their marketing is maybe hitting senior uh, IT decision makers. That's about as precise as a drunk marketing, a drunk monkey throwing darts. You're not even hitting the dart board, much less what you are aiming at. Okay, and so then uh, now they're saying let's we're going to pivot to more contextually relevant and attentive channels while working with partners who had permission first-party relationships with ITDMs. Okay, so, but, you know, the high priest believed this is just a temporary inconvenience. Never mind, it's been almost 50 years of promise. Not delivered. Okay, then they go on, the ineffectiveness of personalization. And I have first-hand examples of this, but we're going to stick with the article for the most part. The logic of personalization, even if it were possible, still wouldn't work. Even if we knew everything about the consumer, which they claim, we still wouldn't be able to design creative, tailored, creative, meaning as used as a noun, tailored to their individual tastes. I don't like it that way, but anyway. Disney only invests in creative that works across all segments. Superheroes, lost animals, magical princesses. <laughs> The biggest movies, books, songs, and ads all speak to universal experiences that resonate with everyone. Marketers would be much better off investing in performance branding. In other words, one size fits most creative that speaks to the common category needs of all potential buyers all the time. Personalization at scale is an oxymoron. There's no real evidence that marketing personalization works at all. I have evidence that it doesn't work, that it's a lot of work and it doesn't pay off. There are just a bunch of flimsy experiments from personalization companies who are ta talking their book at your expense. Can you name a single famous brand built through personalization? Didn't think so. 
And you know, the, the study that's most often cited is they've asked people, if the ad was relevant to you, would you be more likely to purchase? And everybody says yes. It's up in the 80s. Something like 85% said, of course, if it's relevant to me, I would purchase. And there's the rub. They use that. They interpret that to say, because we make ads more relevant, they will be relevant to that person. It's actually the opposite. The opposite. Because as we saw with the Sports Illustrated example, the more highly targeted you offer me of one product, right? Women's undergarment. <laughs> God. You know, never mind. I mean, I saw, you know, as a kid watching TV, I learned about cross your heart bras and, and uh, that lift and separate and, you know, that I'd walk a mile for a camel. Uh, you know, you learn about, but, but, mm, 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 mm. they weren't on there because it was personalized. They were on there because it wasn't, because it had a long, had a large reach. Okay, so let's, let's go one step further for John and Peter. This is what I started saying back in the 80s when Peppers and Rogers made this one-to-one -one and customer relationship management uh, popular. I said, okay, let's pretend that we do know everything about me. Heck, I know someone who does. Me. I know everything about me. Okay? Now, now let's ask me if I can predict the next thing I'm going to want. And I don't mean lunch, which is coming up soon. I mean the next purchase, the next category of purchase. You know, yesterday I was searching for solar uh, power supplies with batteries for my house because the power went out, right? I was thinking about generators. <laughs> power came back on, everything works. Uh, probably not going to buy any of that stuff. But I noticed that the instant I clicked on one of them, my Facebook feed was full of solar power offers. Because they're targeting me. And so one of the things I know is the one that I did click on, for sure I'm not going to buy from. It had some, it had the word Illinois in the company name. So for sure that's not going to happen. And I know that I'll have lots of information. I'll be deluged with information for the next few months because I clicked on one ad. right? And I know for sure I'm not going to buy that, that ad I clicked. And that's the problem. The problem is me, knowing all I know about me, can't predict me two days in the future. The power goes out. My thoughts on what I might buy next change dramatically. You understand that? Think about you. Think about who's actually targeted you, right? Now, I don't mean... I don't mean the, the, you know, if you're talking about with your, with your spouse or a friend over your Google phone, if you're talking about, you know, buying a pizza and a pizza ad miraculously shows up in your, on, your, on your phone, I'm not exactly talking about that. that. That actually may work, even though they spy on you. I'm talking about actual real purchases and actual real offers, and that's the big rub. The big rub is if you, the more specificity in your offer, the lower your response, even with your own customers. 
and I've seen that over and over and over and over. You know, companies will spend millions trying to get their order processing system to tell their customers as they log on, tell them you might be also you might also be interested in this. Death. That's not how Amazon does it. Amazon says people who bought this also bought. No implication that they can predict you. Notice that. Notice the biggest online merchant does not say, we think you're going to be interested in this. They avoid that because it's offensive, right? It also narrows the offer. So I heartily, heartily, heartily agree. You can't personalize because it doesn't matter, though. Not only is third-party data unreliable, doesn't matter if it was all perfect. And you wouldn't personalize because even if you could, marketing works by reaching everybody with the same message to create shared associations. My definition for a market is a group of people you can say the same thing to. And that doesn't mean that you can market annuities to teenagers. We're not saying that. We're not saying that you shouldn't, you shouldn't have market segments makes perfect sense that you shouldn't market differently to your best customers who will buy anything you send them than the sale buyers who only buy if they're given a supreme discount but don't give the discount necessarily to your best buyers or test it anyway Gartner predicts 80% of marketers will abandon personalization by 2025 I'm surprised they ever embraced it but it's an idea that we all wanted to believe, and it does not work. Happy to call hey, call in. Tell me why I'm wrong. Happy to discuss. Happy to have you on the show. Anyway, thank you very much to Peter Weinberg and John Lombardo. I don't think they went far enough because the impossibility is right in your own mind. Have a great day. Bye-bye.